Well, praise the Lord, everyone. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I greet you once again in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, you're going to hear the message entitled, Seduced by the Dark Side. It is part number three in the series entitled, The Haves and the Have-Nots. Today, we're going to talk about cultural Christianity. Have you been seduced by the dark side? Well, we'll investigate that today and a whole lot more. So buckle your seatbelts because here comes the rich word of God. Enjoy. All right, 2 Timothy 3rd chapter, verses 1 through 5. I'll be reading to you out of the New Living Translation. And we're going to speak from the subject today of seduced by the dark side. Seduced by the dark side. Ask your neighbor, have you been seduced by the dark side? Let's find out. 2 Timothy, Timothy, the third chapter, verses uh, 1 through 5, sounds like this in the New Living Translation. It says, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times, for people will love only themselves and their money. Is that true? Oh, yeah. We're living in the last days. They will be boastful and proud, scoffers at God. (laughs) scoffers at God, disobedient to their parents. Children just look straight ahead. Nobody will know. (laughs) Disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consent. They will consider nothing sacred. It used to be a time that people didn't rob or steal from churches. My Jesus, the things that people do in churches now, it will be a shame to even mention over the pulpit. People getting drunk with communion wine. Anyway, here we go. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. Is that happening now? Oh, you better bet. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious. King James said they will have a form of godliness. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Are you hearing the word of God? King James said they will have a form of godliness form of godliness but no power but denying the power thereof we said last week we're talking about the church and we're in this series uh entitled the have and have nots the haves have a form and power we look like jesus and we have the power of jesus we have the power of christ operating in us but then there are another group that have a form but they have no power No power to make a change. No power to live right. No power to walk right. No power with God. Are you hearing me? The have and the have not. Now let's go to 1 Peter, the fourth chapter. You can uh, just listen. I'll be reading this to you as well on the New Living Translation. I pray that it does not offend you, but if it does, get over it. 1 Peter, the fourth chapter, verses 16 uh, through 19. This is what it says. 1 Peter 4, 16 through 19. It says this. 
But it, but it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Anybody a Christian today? If you're a Christian, wave your hands at me and say, I'm a Christian. Wave your hands in the air. Wave them like you really care. If you know the Lord, say, oh, yeah. yeah. All right, well, praise the Lord. So here again. He said, but it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. I got Christians in the house, right? Oh, I'm so thankful that you said that. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. Verse 17. For the time has come for judgment and it must begin with God's household. And if judgment begins with us, what terrible fate awaits those who will rather what terrible fate awaits those who have never obeyed God's good news? And also, if the righteous be barely saved, what will happen to godless sinners? So if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right and trust yourselves to the God who created you, for he will never fail you. Somebody say amen. amen. If you suffer for being a Christian, if you suffer for doing what God tells you to do, be happy, praise the Lord. Be happy, praise the Lord. If you suffer, if you suffer now, we're going to talk about this a whole lot today because if you are a shown of trill, uh, trill, mm, true Bible-based Christian, are you hearing me? You will suffer in this day and age. If you are a pretender, a faker, a something, whatever, you will not so much suffer because you'll just go along with it. But you will suffer when you say, especially our young people today, when you say, I'm a virgin and I want to remain a virgin until I get married. Don't you understand? You will be the butt of many jokes. They will accuse you. They will try to condemn you. They will say you're wrong. They will say you're old-fashioned and all this other stuff. But, but when they wind up pregnant or with some other disease, then you just go by and say... How you like me now? No, no, no. We don't, we don't want to do that. No, no, no. We don't want to do that. But understand something. You will suffer for doing what God says is true and right. You will suffer for making the right choices. But the Lord has your back. Turn to your name tell him, the Lord has your back. The Lord has your back. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. Now, so we are living in deceptive times. Now, let's go to the book of Mark. Mark, the book of Mark, the uh, 13th chapter, Mark 13. Now, you can get that. We're going to go right back into the King James Version now. Mark 13. I want you to see this. We are living in deceptive times. We are living in what the Bible calls the last days. And we'll see here that the deception will be so great, the seduction will be so great that if it were possible, even the very elect of God would be fooled. You're living in times now that is so, it is so seductive. Temptations are so, so, uh, so, so much in our society today that those that are truly serving the Lord from time to time will have problems ourselves. I can't get no talk in here. Are you hearing me? Let's look at the word of God and look at uh, the book of Mark. Mark, the 13th chapter. We're going to put our car in park here and investigate. Mark 13 in verse 19, it says this. For in those days shall be 
afflictions, such as was not from the beginning of the creation which God created unto this time, neither shall be. The Bible says in those last days, in those days there shall be afflictions. Affliction means pressure. Anybody feeling a lot of pressure now? Hallelujah. In those days, in these last days, there will be a lot of pressure on the earth. Affliction. Affliction means pressure. Affliction means uh, tribulation. It means distress. Distress means mental pain or mental suffering. It means agony, sorrow, anguish, anguish. You'll see a lot of people in this world that are really going through some things. They're really suffering a lot of mental pain, a lot of mental suffering. Psychiatrists' offices, doors are just swinging left and right, people coming in and out. So many pain pills, so many, so many nerve pills are on the market today. So many things to help calm down. Why? Because these are the last days, and in the last days, mental anguish will be at, at an all-time high like they've never been before. So much anguish and so much sorrow and pain in these last days. Hallelujah. But if you are in Christ, you have a resting place and his name is Jesus. Are you hearing me? Verse 20 says, and except that the Lord had shortened those days, do, did what to those days? What to those days? Come on, talk to me. What to those days? shorten those days no flesh should be saved no one would survive it because the anguish would be so great no one would survive it he had to do what to those days shorten those days but for the elect's sake whom he have chosen now we are the elect you can write this down in the, i won't get to it today but in ephesians the first chapter ephesians 1 verses 3 through 7 we find out that we are the elect of god we are the chosen of god those of you that call the lord jesus christ your lord and your savior your god and your king those of you that have given your life to him you are the elect hallelujah you are chosen of god born again you are twice born hallelujah and the spirit of God now abides on the inside of you. So it is for your sake that God said, I will shorten those days. Isn't that something? He said, again, he says, but for the elect's sake, whom he hath chosen, he hath shortened those days. Now, let me read you something. Some of you say, well, that's just Bible talk. Yes, it is all Bible talk. Praise God. Yes, that's time for Bible talk. But the Bible is, it, the, as the Lord said, he's short in the days. Don't you know that this word is true and accurate? As a matter of fact, I looked it up for you. You can go home um, tonight if you want to and just Google a few things. But the um, NASA Jet Propulsion Laboratory says that the days will now be shorter because of, because of the, uh, because of the uh, quake that happened in Chile. Uh, and that quake shifted the Earth's access by three inches so now now the difference is about right now the difference uh, as a result is about 1.26 microseconds shorter than before so you can't tell it with the natural eye as of yet but they can through computer models that the time that the rotations have been the days have become shorter 
And they say, as a matter of fact, every time there is a major earthquake, it has the same effect. The days are getting shorter. Hallelujah. So we see that mankind in these last days are living and we're living in a pain. We're living in pain and agony and anguish such as never been seen before. You say, well, I'm going through. If you take a global perspective, you'll find that people are really going through. Your pain and suffering, I would dare say, is nothing compared to what some are going through right now. Being skinned alive, being, um, being beaded, being beheaded for the cause of Christ because you say that you are a Christian. You cannot meet in public places because if they find out that you belong to Jesus, you'll really know what persecution really is. But we meanwhile, we sit around in our sealed houses. Oh, I don't have no money. But my, I tell you, you living in a mansion compared to what some of them are living in. Hallelujah. So the Lord said the anguish will be so great. The mental strain, the torment will be so great in that last generation that the Lord said, I will, sh I will shorten the days for the elect's sake. For your sake, God said, I will shorten the days. Look it up yourself. And verse 21 says, and then if any man say to you, lo, here is Christ or lo, um, he is there. The Lord said, believe him not. Verse 22, for false Christ and false prophets shall arise and show what? Signs and wonders. Why are they showing signs and wonders? It says it here to what? To seduce, to seduce, if it were possible, even the elect. Verse 23, four, verse 23 says, but take ye heed. Behold, I have foretold you all things. The Lord said, it's happening. Now, all these things are lining up and telling us that you are, in fact, an end time saint. You are, in fact, living in the last days. You are, in fact, living in the last days. And we are right now positioning, the Lord is positioning his church for the end time harvest right here and right now. But the problem is that many of us that are end time saints living in these days are not aware of these days. We are not aware of the time and we're using most of our time on pleasuring ourselves, seeking things that please us, worrying about us and not being concerned that the king is coming, that Jesus Christ is coming and he is coming. Now this is a time of mercy and it's a time of grace, but there will come a time when the Lord will come down as judge, as righteous judge, and those that do not know him will be cast into the lake of fire to be burned forever and ever and ever. That time will come. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Meanwhile, us, we that know the truth are afraid to share the truth. Are you hearing today? Amen. The time of judgment is coming. But the Lord said first, it must begin in the house of the Lord. It first must begin in the house. He's got to sure up his house. Praise the Lord. He's got to sure us up. He's talking about the house of the Lord. He's talking about us. He's got to get us together. Say he's got to get me together. He's got to get me. He's got to get us together. Hallelujah. Don't look at your neighbor. Mm, I wonder what he doing. Mm, I wonder what she doing. No, look right there at yourself. 
He's dealing with us individually, getting us ready for this great end time harvest. Are you hearing? The Lord tells us that in these days, and even in Matthew 13, you can look at it later, Matthew 13, verses 24 through 30, the Lord tells us um, that the wheat and the tare will grow up together. In the church, you can't tell them apart who's, who's really with Jesus and who's really not for a time or a season until the harvest comes. When is the harvest? When the real begins to bear fruit. The false will never bear fruit. Are you hearing? The Lord said, the Father said that he's looking for people. He's looking for a church that will worship him in, in how? In spirit and in truth. As a matter of fact, you write this down. John 4 verse 23 says, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers, when the true worshipers shall worship the father in spirit and in truth for the father seeketh such to worship him. Verse 24, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. He says he's looking for true worshipers. Now he's God himself has made this distinction between by saying by saying true worshipers. There must also of necessity be what false worshipers. There'll be false worshipers in the house of God. Now it is beyond me why somebody wants to put on a show for people and then end up in hell. I don't understand that at all that does nothing for me whatsoever but he said there'll be a time when there will be false worshipers but God's worship looking for true worshipers those that will worship him in spirit and in truth and then the word says that God is a spirit in other words he is not flesh spirit looks can look into spirit in other words God is not tangled up by your external faculties you, we can smile and look say but because God is a spirit he can look right into the core of you and see who you really are are you hearing me he is a spirit Praise Jesus in these last days. Here again, the Lord said, judgment must begin in the house of the Lord. And Jesus gave us requirements for being his disciples or for being his followers. Let's turn to this. Let's go to the book of Luke. Luke, uh, Luke 14. Luke 14, verses 26 through 27. Let's read that. I want you to get this. This is so exciting. It makes me want to shout. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All of it. Praise the Lord. It makes me want to shout, Diane. It makes me want to shout, Brother Jane. It makes me want to shout. Are you hearing me? Oh, I'm having a good time today. Luke 14, verse 26. Are you there? And it says this. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now he's talking here in comparison. Because if you look also in the book of Matthew, you don't have to look, turn to it, but Matthew 10, verses 37 and 38, the Lord said that you must love him more. You must love me more than father, more than mother, more than sister, more than brother, more than children, more than even your own life. If you want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, you must love him more. As a matter of fact, your love for him should be so extreme. It seems like hate. It seems like you hate everything else in comparison. 
He said, this way and only this way can you be identified with him for being his disciple. He must become first. He must have the preeminence in all things in our lives. Hallelujah. We have to go after him. We have to hunger and thirst for him. Hunger and thirst for him. Hallelujah. Everything else must pale in comparison. Just like the, just like the sun compared to a flashlight. There is no comparison between the two. Your love for him should be so outrageous that everything else just pales in comparison. The Lord said, then you'll be my disciple. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Oh, this is thrilling. But we're living in a day, and I thank you, Lord. I love this part. I pray you get ready. All right, now it's time to take off. Um, buckle your seat belts, put your trade, put your trade tables in the upright position. Uh, the students are showing you their exits on this side here and over this side and that side. In the event of a water landing, you will find the uh, emergency mask will come and get on your face right over here, just like that. And we will put your hands and like that and stuff like that. But we're about to take off, about to get down the runway. Are you, are you ready to take off? I pray you're ready to take off because we're ready to take off. Hallelujah. We are living in the last days. Say last days. In the last days, you will have a lot of people that describe themselves as I'm a Christian, but. I'm telling you. Are you a Christian? Yes, I'm a Christian, but. They say, I'm a Christian, but. Are you a Christian, but? They say in the last days you will find a lot of people that describe themselves. You hear me. This is prophetic and you hear this already. You heard it right here live at the kingdom's rock. You will find a lot of people who will identify themselves as a Christian, but I'm a Christian, but what do they mean? I'm a Christian, but what does the but mean? The but means that I am a Christian as long as it is convenient. I will be a Christian as long it is, long as it does not conflict with what I want to do. I'll be a Christian as long as, as I don't have to change my life, my lifestyle, my relationships, my entertainment. As long as I don't have to change what pleases me, the things that make me happy. I'll be a Christian and I'll follow Jesus as long as it makes sense with my own agenda. I'll be a Christian and I'll follow after Jesus as long as I can keep my stuff. But the moment Jesus tells me that I I can't do something I become a butt y'all ain't talking to me they say I am a Christian but still but still I have premarital sex but still I do drugs but still I get drunk but still I party till I drop you want to go we go on Friday night you want to go uh, but still I lie but still I cheat but still uh, I also take things that are not mine and I do it all they say I'll do it all with no remorse with no repentance with no hint of concern I am a Christian but are you hearing what, what I'm saying they say, I'll go to church when it's convenient. I'll pick up my Bible when I have the time. I'll pray only when I get in such a rough spot that, that I need the Lord. That's when I'll actually pray. I'll tell someone about Jesus when I feel comfortable with it and when it does not jeopardize my standing. I don't want to lose my, my reputation over this Jesus thing. Keep it down low. Ask your neighbor, are you a Christian but...
They say, I appreciate Jesus for dying for me. I appreciate Jesus for dying for me, but I'm not willing to die for him. Are you hearing? You're living in that time right now. You're living in that time right now where there are pastors. And I've, I know this to be true, my Jesus. There are pastors, one pastor had a lady in his church and she was considering marrying another gentleman. And the pastor, the pastoral counseling was this. Well, y'all go off and you give him the best you got. He'll give you the best he got. Then you find out whether you're compatible or not. What? Are you out of your mind? Ask me later if you don't understand. It's all right. There are radio talk show hosts and talk shows that are going on. One young man, my wife tells me about one young man that calls, on the, that calls into the radio station and they're talking about dating. And this young man says to the, um, to the radio show host, he says, yes, I'm a Christian and uh, I just want to know if not having uh, sex before we get married, is that a deal breaker? Because it was a panel of ladies, ladies on, the, um, on the newsreel there, uh, the news station. So he called in and one of the ladies um, sound like she was offended. And she said, well, I'm a Christian too, but she said, I like to try it before I buy it. I'm a Christian, but in other words, it's not what Jesus is saying is not sound wisdom advice for me. I have to go my own way. Are you hearing? Jesus said you've got to take up your cross and follow after him. The Lord called us to be a counterculture, to stand up against the grain. He said, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of our mind. You're living in the day when all these things are being shoved down your throat. They say homosexuality is an acceptable lifestyle, but that is not the word of God. They say lying, cheating is acceptable as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. They give you all these examples. They're passing out um, uh, contraceptives in, in high school, condoms in high school, in elementary school, in middle school. And they're saying, well, they're going to do it anyway. So let's go ahead and just give it to them so they can do what they want to do. You're living in that time right now when they say, if you go against the grain, you may be considered a terrorist. Are you hearing what we're saying to you today? Being a Christian, a true Christian, returning to biblical Christianity means that you have to actually follow Jesus. But it is being preached and declared that you can, you can follow Jesus without really following Jesus. And it's a lie. Are you hearing? Are you willing to die for him? Will you die for him? Are you hearing Galatians 2.20? I love it says that Paul declared, he said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ liveth in me and the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We need to pray even as John the Baptist declared, I must decrease and he must increase in me. We need to declare even as Mary the mother, mother Jesus declared, be it unto me even according to your word. We need to declare even as Jesus 
Jesus prayed, Father, let not my will, but let your will be done. We need to know of a surety. You need to know that you have been bought with a price and your life is not your own. Jesus is not only Savior, but he's also Lord, which means he makes up the rules. He tells you what to do. He tells you where to go. He tells you what is acceptable and what is unacceptable. He is master. He is ruler of everything. And one day we're going to stand in his face. We're going to stand in his presence. And you want to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Let me tell you now, Christian butts will not go to heaven. Because they've never given their lives to Jesus. They subscribe, they, they subscribe to, the, to the religion of being morally good. But they have never known Jesus. Remember the Lord saying that last day they would say to me, Lord, Lord, have we prophesied in your name? Lord, Lord, have we done many good works in your name? Have we done this for you? Have we done that for you? Many good works. But Jesus would say, depart from me, you work of iniquity. I never knew you. You use my name and you try to identify with me, but you never knew me. You were never intimate with me. You never let me in. You never spent time with me. You never gave me your life, your whole self and all of your strength. You did things to please you and not to please me. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Are you hearing what the spirit of God is saying? The Lord warns us about being friends with the world. As a matter of fact, let's go to James, James, the fourth chapter, James fourth chapter. I wait on you for just for a moment. I think you're getting this today. You need to know that you're living in this time. You're living in this time of wheat and tares. You're living in this time of those that are true Christians and Christian buds. And you will hear them say, I'm a Christian, but I follow Christ, but I believe in Jesus, but, and let me tell you, God has a problem with that. Are you hearing? You must give your whole self to him. 99 and a half won't do. He's got to have all of you. He's got to have all of you. Somebody's getting this today. He's got to have all of you. James 4 and 4 says this. I'm reading this to you also out of the New Living Translation. I love the way it captures the flavor of this. He says, you adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Are you hearing? That's John 4 and 4. John, as a matter of fact, John, right, that's James, sorry, James 4 and 4, uh, the, uh, the New Living Translation. Now let's look at, uh, you don't have to get it, but John, John the 15th chapter, verse number 19. John 15, 19 says this. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you, out of the world therefore the world hateth you he talks about the chosen aren't you the chosen ones aren't you the ones that God called out of darkness into his marvelous light well then understand the world will hate you and I have a problem there should be red flags that goes up in your in your mind in your spirit if the world embraces you 
Jesus said the world would hate you. I wonder why the world hates us. Well, let's look at John 17, verse 14. John 17, verse 14 says, I have given them thy word, and the world have hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. You are hated because you carry the word of God, because you follow the patterns that dictates the life of Jesus Christ. Now, as we say, as we're talking about world, we're talking about the world system, not your neighbor. Hallelujah. Are you hearing? And don't get caught up. Listen, I want to tell you, don't get caught up in sin. Don't get caught up in saying, oh, this is sin and that is sin. Uh, this person's doing this and this person is doing that. I know that I know they're going to hell because this and, that and the other. Don't get caught up in that. All that sin, all of that is a smoke screen. There's really only one sin. And that one sin is denying Christ, is rejecting Jesus Christ as Lord. Because if the person, person A, would receive Jesus Christ as Lord, the Holy Spirit would be given to him as a deposit. And the Bible declares that those uh, who have his spirit cannot sin. They cannot practice sin. You'll find the Holy Spirit ever pulling them out, pulling them out of it, pulling them out of it, pulling out of them. You don't have to keep telling them, don't do this and don't do that, don't do this and don't do that you're having to tell them that because their nature has not been changed they're still that old person that old person can't do what God wants him to do they have to be changed they have to be reborn born again and when they receive Christ the spirit of God moves in and God himself will change them are you hearing all other sins are a smoke screen. I don't care what they're in, whether they're drunk, whether they're hanging out, whether they got all kind of, whether they're an, an, um, a homosexual, homosexuality, a lesbianism, whether they're whoremongers. Uh, I, don't, I don't care what it is, lying, cheating, stealing, you name it. It doesn't matter what it is. All that is a smoke screen because the one issue, one issue, what if they stop drinking? Does that mean they're going to heaven? What if they stop lying? Does that mean they're going to heaven? No, the issue is not the sin. The issue is have they received Christ Jesus? Have they received him as Lord? Have they believed? Have they received him? And all else, the Father himself, God himself, in the form of his Holy Spirit, would change the life. Are you hearing? So please help me and tell your neighbor, don't get caught up in sin. Don't get caught up in it. Because there's only one. Have you received Jesus? And if it is yes, if it is true, he'll fix it. Because when Jesus comes in the house, he always rearranges the furniture. He always cleans it up. Are you hearing? So we're called to be, once again, we're called to be that counter culture. We're called not to be conformed to the world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And this world system, again, is compelling us every day through movies, through television, through music, through music videos. Oh, Jesus, help us, these music videos. We are compelled. We are compelled. Even you'll find these uh, videos on Facebook and all these other things that are compelling us and compelling us, compelling us to go into this and do that. And I've heard of people that are quote unquote, really that they're Christian butts who say, "Ooh, I like this. I'm going to do this sort of dance with my hinder parts. What? What are you talking about? And we'll hold that right there. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you? sensuous things that God never said yes to are you hearing 
Oh, let's go ahead and land this plane now. Ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for flying with Kingdom Airways. We're about to make our descent. We shall be arriving in Bremen, Georgia just shortly. We pray that you had plenty of peanuts on the flight and plenty and plenty to drink. We pray that you will also come back and join us again. Amen. Now as we make our final descent, are you ready to land? The Bible says in, in Colossians, the third chapter, Colossians, the third chapter, verses one through four, you can write it down and read it later. It says, if, if ye then be risen with Christ, set those things which are above, rather, it says again, out of the King, King James Version, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Let me read that again. Set your affections on those things above, not on things on the earth. Again, set your affections on those things above, not on those things on the earth. Again, set your affections on things above or set your sights on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Understand something. This world system is trying, especially here in this country, is trying to shove down your throat what they call the American dream. You know what the American dream is? Make lots of money. Big, uh, buy a big fancy house, yeah. Drive a fancy car, room, room, room. Get a closet with a whole lot of fancy clothes and fancy shoes. Y'all don't hear me. This is the American dream where you got to go here and, and you got to go anywhere. Anyway, they say that this is the American dream. And they're shoving that down your throat every day through advertisement, through television, through media. They say, don't be content with what you have or where you're going. The Lord says plainly, set your sights, set your affections on those things that are above and not those things that are on the earth. Have a right perspective. Are you hearing me? And last, oh, there's so much more, but we're not getting to it all today. Last, we'll go to First John, the third chapter. You can, I'm going to read this again out of the New Living Translation. We said all that to get into this. The title of the message is Seduced by the Dark Side. So many of us have been seduced by the dark side. So many of us have, as Bobby declares in the book of Isaiah 53, verse 6, I believe, he says, we are all like sheep. We have gone astray. We have wandered away. And really, one of the definitions for seduce is to go astray, is to leave truth and go into error. We've been so seduced. And I'm not sure how many of you know how it feels to be seduced. That is, they'll say, dude, just do this. Just come this far. You don't have to go any further. Just, just do this a little bit. And we think, well... Maybe, okay, I'll do this. But then it's, come a little bit further. Try this. Come a little bit further. Just, just a little bit further. Just, it's just, just a little bit. It's just, nobody's going to know. Just, just a little bit. 
and you do that. And then so far, and then sooner or later you get so far out there and you cannot see your way back. And we are as sheep that have gone astray that are, that are on the other side of the mountain and we're crying out, God help me. One of the worst feelings a born again believer can have is when we're trapped, we feel ourselves trapped in something, we're doing something, and it has so much of a hold on our flesh and we can't break free from it. Seduced by the dark side. We're filthy and we know it. What do we do? We cry out to our savior, to our shepherd and bishop of, of our souls. He will always find his lost sheep. He will always bring you back home. But unconfessed sin is an indicator of an impure life. Unconfessed sin is an indicator of an impure life. It is also a life without Christ. Now let me read this last, we're gonna close out. John, 1 John, the third chapter, verse seven through 10, and it says this. 1 John, third chapter, verse seven through 10. Dear brethren, rather, dear children, don't let anyone deceive you about this. When people do what is right, it shows that they are righteous, even as Christ is righteous. Here again, dear children, don't let anyone deceive you. They say, I'm a Christian, but don't let them deceive you. It says again, when people do what is right, it shows that they are righteous, even as Christ is righteous. Verse 8, but when people, but when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil who has been sinning since the beginning. But the son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning. Let me say that again. Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning. Let me say that again. Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning. Why? Because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning because they are children of God. So now we can tell who are children of God and who are children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other, other believers does not belong to God. Understand the difference between the Christian and the Christian but. Now, there are times here again when we can fall into temptation, when we fall into a snare, we can fall into a trap, and we can be seduced, just ask David. Just as Samson lying in, the, uh, lying in the lap of Delilah, there are times, and even as Peter, as he was down with the believers and, 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 and he began to sit with the Jews only and the, and the Gentiles were to the side and, and Paul came down and confronted him to his face, he got caught up. We can all get caught up from time to time. We can get caught up in things. And so many Christians are caught up even in pornography. Caught up, we can get caught up in the snares of this life. Caught up in worry, caught up in stress, caught up in anxiety. We can be in a trap that we cannot get out. And we can be crying out to him, God save me. I don't want to be in this. I don't want to do that anymore. Save me. 
But even in that area, the Lord says, I can save you. I can redeem you. I can make you whole again. I can restore you. But you must cry out to him. You must cry out to him. Being seduced by the dark side. A lot of us will be seduced. But we've got to come back. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.